come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. And welcome back to the podcast from outer space, everyone. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got the Korean cowboy, a.k.a. Billy the Kid, tonight. What's going on, everyone? And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to episode 105, where we will be discussing the Mayan Empire. And uh, I know, unfortunately, you guys might be thinking we're talking about the show, but we're, we will not be discussing the motorcycle game. We'll be actually be discussing the civilization that dominated Mesoamerica. Yes, not the fictional motorcycle gang. Uh, <laughs> fictional, correct? Uh, that's a fictional gang? Mayans aren't real, right? Mayan MC? I don't believe it's real, no. <laughs> they were real They were real in 2012. I mean, I'm sure there's guys that ride around on bikes and wear Mayan cuts, but they're fake. Mayan cuts, okay. Yes, now this has been something that uh, I had always heard bits and pieces of here and there. Obviously, uh, as Billy just alluded to, the whole 2012 thing. Uh, you know, Chariots of the Gods, uh, which of course uh, became Ancient Aliens. Um, but with Mayans specifically, or really uh, any of those uh, Mesoamerican type civilizations, I never really looked too much into it myself. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, I didn't really learn anything about this shit in school. Uh, so I figure, hell, this could make for an interesting episode. Although... I will say, in all my research, I thought I was going to come across some crazy um, anomalies or mysteries, and this really shaped out to be almost like a uh, hardcore history type episode. Um, so, you know, I'll do my best Dan Carlin impersonation. Uh, imagine, imagine again and again, sacrifices. <laughs> you know, it, like so many of my friends have been like, hey, you need to listen to like hardcore history. And I still have yet to do so, but it sounds like something that'd be really cool. And oh, yeah. It's cool that we're kind of diving into this kind of thing in this episode. It's brilliant. I mean, this isn't to the level of Dan uh, because he is like. He's pretty hardcore. Ultimate history nerd, yeah. Hardcore. And the type of yeah. history nerd, like, he wears, like, uh, zip-off cargo pants, you know? Who doesn't? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's... Trends are recycling. Um, but, yeah, now... All right, what do you guys know, or what What have you heard when it comes to the Mayans? Um, what, what do we got? Well, you said you never learned about it in school. You never even, like, touched on it because... I. I think, I want to say it was high school. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a little off base. Maybe it was in college. But I definitely remember a world history class where we touched on Mayans, Aztecs, Incas. And it was only for like a couple chapters of the history book. But I mean, still like discussed a little bit about it. That had to be college. And maybe I just didn't pay attention. But I in high school, no, I don't. We did <laughs> not learn major. about we did not learn about as not concerned with Mayans. History. We didn't learn about I, I almost was a history major. So I would have known. But I did. We I didn't learned about it in like world history in at George Mason University. OK, so see, that's also it, yeah. college. That's higher ed. Dude. Right, right. I don't remember. But weren't you if, a history I major? I don't think we. No, no, no. I was a, a criminal justice, like a Homeland Security, National Security. So Okay. But what about um, before? Weren't took, you a history at ODU, I thought? 
Nope. Yes, but I oh, switched it up because I was like, I, all I can be is basically like a professor, get my PhD, and work <laughs> yeah. like in like a library or something. Like, <laughs> dude, you could have been. I can't a, really. I can't really. You could have been like the next dude. Indiana Jones, dude. I mean, well, hey, no hate, no hate on the uh, the historians out there, but yeah, basically. Okay. So, anyways, but yeah, I mean, what? Did, okay, what did you guys learn in those classes then? When you when you talked about it. Uh, I mean, like uh, a lot of the the human sacrifices and stuff, um, and their the culture. That sounds really weird to learn in class, but for some reason, that's like maybe it's because my brain is just well, just, like that. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Correct. These guys are fucking killing motherfuckers down there. Like, I mean, that it was serious that though. <laughs> and we're done with that one. Uh, yeah. No, but. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it more of like the Aztecs that were into that than the Mayans? Okay, I will say, okay, yes. and we can get into this right now because I also saw Apocalypto and, uh, and that's, Bill that's and I, not Mayans. That correct? is Mayans, but is. he, all okay. right, what he did was kind of blend It's it. like a crossover though, yes, right? Yes, because as we know, Mel Gibson, he is not that dedicated to historical accuracy. You know, he's he like just wants to see motherfuckers get yeah, killed. Yeah, he's the yeah. Rambo of the Revolutionary War with the Patriot, and then he's mixing Mayan and Apocalypto. Well, okay, but Apocalypto is directed by him. Yeah, <laughs> the Patriot was him starring in. The I movie. thought he directed that too. I mean, maybe mm-hmm, a little no. bit. I think he, I, don't, I think it was. I think that's director. where he like. I think he like helped out with it, but he definitely did Passion of the Christ and Apocalypto. As far as I Passion know. of the Christ is such an intense movie. Well, yeah, I'm like, saying the guy... Not, not the a big re- fan of the Jews. <laughs> the guy's real big yeah. into killing people in his movies. Well, we know that much. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, but go wait, sorry. Not to get off base, but wasn't Apocalypto... Like, wasn't the violent, the violent people in the movie were Aztecs and they were coming to, like try and take over the mayans right or am i wrong no no i think so okay there's a lot with apocalypto which we can get into now but it's essentially what he did was it's a it's the downfall of maya that's why you see like the fucking crops failing and that's there's a theory that that's why they're doing so many sacrifices because in the sacrifice scene you see like piles and piles of bodies now the aztecs did sacrifice a shitload of people and they came after the mayans but the mayans uh, I guess were more selective in their sacrifices. Like they weren't just sacrificing slaves and shit. They sacrificed like noble people because they thought it was a better offering for the gods. But so it, Mel's mixing that shit. And then he's also mixing like in the end, spoiler alert, the uh, conquistadors are coming aboard. Like <laughs> if, if you it, haven't seen the movie that came out like 20 years if ago. If this truly was the downfall of the Mayan civilization that he's trying to capture, also everyone in the movie speaking Mayan, um, then the conquistadors didn't come until fucking 500 years after that had already happened. Like that would, it, it's like I was watching some, some guy talk about the historical accuracy and he was like saying... That would be like having some dude in the Crusades like tweeting about an event. Like it's so far no, off, you know? No, for sure. And another thing um, about like the blend of the Mayan and Aztec uh, cultures in that movie was the sacrifice scenes because I watched this like mini, you know, doc- documentary about Aztec sacrifice and they would essentially just 
you know, pick slaves or, uh, you know, the warriors would uh, sacrifice their their enemy soldier uh, captives and that would increase their societal status and uh, they would essentially take them up to the top of these pyramids and like shove a knife in them and then like rip their heart out, <laughs> decapitate them and then dump their body down the pyramid. Yeah. And it was just, you know, that was a, that was the Aztec culture influence that he blended those two things yes yes that is more as tech and we will get into the mayan uh sacrificial uh ritual that type of shit um but yeah i mean as far as like what i know about the mayans um uh, like i said apocalypto um uh, the calendar the like calendar round that's a big thing uh in the mayans i would recognize like i saw that all the time growing up um i also and this might have been coming from you, Rob, as the older brother here. I always thought the mystery was like, hey, there's this ancient civilization. They're extremely advanced. Uh, they know a ton about math and astronomy. And one day they just disappeared. And they predicted the world was going to end in 2012. Like, I always thought that was a mystery, but that is not the case. No, it's not. <laughs> well, you got the the math and astronomy part right. Well, yeah, that's true, but I, I always thought it was like you know they disappeared when uh, I don't. Uh, that's not the case at all when you look into this stuff. Well, they definitely died off a lot, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, did you guys think that too, or what? Did you know? Uh, I mean, you said you learned about it in history and shit. So did you? Did you learn about like I guess uh, stuff other than the the sacrifice? I mean, I learned like uh, their their religion is like polytheistic, so they like have a god for pretty much everything, um, which you know many cultures throughout history share polythe polytheistic religions, um, stuff like that, you know. And they 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 reaped uh, like life force from these gods and like through nature and. And human sacrifice and things like that. Very, very primitive. Similar to the uh, Egyptians, right? Yeah, same time, you know, far across the globe. Um, but yeah, so I mean... I heard that they even had uh, more advanced hieroglyphs than the Egyptians. I think that actually might be the case. Um, so, you know, let's get into it. I mean... Um, little overview of the episode so you know since the discovery or i guess rediscovery in the 1840s by john lloyd stevens and frederick catherwood the mysterious mayan empire has always been intriguing to the outside world uh, but in reality much of the culture is not that mysterious when you take some time to look into the meat that fills the pie so to speak um, and, you know, just getting a cursory understanding of the history here, uh, you know, like I said, not that not that mysterious, not that crazy when you look into it, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, it isn't like the Maya just disappeared without a trace because I always thought it was like that uh, lost colony of Roanoke, you know, like they're just gone and nobody knows what the fuck happened to them. Um, and in fact, descendants of the Mayan people uh, who built great cities like Chichen Itza, Bonampak, Uxmal, and Altanha still exist and continue to practice many of the same rituals in a modified form, of course. Uh, also, disclaimer, couple disclaimers, probably going to pronounce a lot of this wrong because I am not a expert on Mayan language. Um, and also, 
none of us are uh, historians or um, anthropologists. I, although my one of my uncles is an anthropologist, I thought about hitting him up, but I think he focuses more on like South America type shit. I was actually reading one of his books, um, but you know. Well, technically, the Mayan Empire did stretch into parts of South America, correct? Well, I don't know. I didn't come across that in my research. Um, All the way down to Belize, I read. Yeah, Belize is still... uh, That's still right under the... uh, That's Central America, I believe. Yeah, that's still right under the... uh, Belize is... What is that? The Yucatan Peninsula? It's a little bit south of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's still right there, you know? Yeah, and it, but but I think it's part of Central America, so it's a little south of. Yeah, it's in the taint Mexico. of Central America. It's right there. The, the exactly, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Um, so in this episode, let's take a look at a brief history of the empire, in quotes, uh, some of their religious beliefs, practices, folklore, as well as, of course, what makes them seemingly so mysterious. It's because. There is a little bit of that, you know. Um, it is like we said, there was a, a massive decline in this once massive civilization. And while there are a ton of theories, there is no one agreed upon conclusion. Uh, so, you know, that's a little odd in and of itself. Um, now, let's get into it. Let's get into a brief history of the Maya Empire, kingdom, whatever you want to call it. Um, So this was uh, centered in the tropical lowlands of what is now Guatemala, uh, but inhabited a good majority of the modern day Yucatan Peninsula. And when we say like Maya Empire Kingdom in quotes, um, that's because there's a bunch of archaeologists I was reading that don't really think the Maya ever had like an expansive empire like... um, And tell me if you guys are tracking here. They basically think that it was these like independent uh, cities, like city states that kind of uh, operated on their own. So there wasn't like one all encompassing empire, you know, kind of like how we have the federal government. Like there wasn't that in um, the Mayan uh, culture, I guess we'll say. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, and it was a much more tribalistic culture in general, so I can totally believe it would be like that. I mean, even like the pyramids or something, like maybe it's just this one little area that's governing themselves, and it's these pockets, and, you know, they war against each other and whatnot, so totally believable. Yeah, now the term Maya actually comes from the ancient Yucatan city of Mayapan, uh, which was the last political and cultural capital of the Maya. Um Now, the Maya was one of the most dominant indigenous societies in Mesoamerica, and they excelled at agriculture, pottery, hieroglyph writing, calendar making, and mathematics, leaving behind an immense amount of architecture and symbolic artwork. And, you know, this is how, like, historians and anthropologists are able to piece together this history is by um, this type of shit they leave behind. Uh, Now, obviously, the history of Mesoamerica is deep and complex, and since this is not a cultural anthropology podcast, we are giving you a brief summary in order to hopefully understand a little bit about the culture before jumping into some of their mysteries. Um, And, you know, that's that's like another thing where we talk about like mysteries. And like I was saying, you know, there's really not that many mysteries when you just like look at the history Um, 
But it's almost like these explorers, you know, that uh, kind of found the shit, like not the conquistadors or maybe a little bit of the conquistadors, but like the explorers in the 1800s and shit, I feel like they kind of go to these places and they brand them as like, oh, this mysterious backward savagery culture, you know? And like, that's kind of why the that branding sticks. Like, it's not even really that fucking weird and mysterious. It just kind of gets branded as that because it's not the fucking cultural norm we'll say you know you know what i'm talking about for sure and yeah and in many ways like the mayans and native like aboriginal peoples of a of like a country especially back in the day they were advanced in many ways that like you know they were killed off in large numbers by diseases brought from europe and whatnot like the spanish conquistadors or like you know the settlers uh but at the end of the day they like their technology and like their their way of life was like pretty damn advanced. And I don't, I don't think that the Europeans probably thought that like to the Mayans, they were like gods, you know, that they would come on these giant boats and it would like, look like a, like a beast or they would ride it on a, you know, some crazy fucking whatever and have all these weapons. And okay. Um, well, that is I think, also, I think a little yeah. bit of a stigma. Because I don't think they thought of these. I was looking up that that's like a myth. They didn't think of these guys as like gods at all. Um, I mean, well, yeah, that I may be totally off about. That's that, but. like, I guess, that's like how the conquistadors like branded it. Like they were like, well, we are far more advanced than the savage. And you know, it's like fucking. Right. Uh, but it's like. Also, what is crazy, and this is a mind fuck. And tell me if this is just me talking out of my ass here, but it's like. These guys come in here and say, like, these are a bunch of fucking savages. They're primitive. They see us as gods because we have fucking boomsticks and all that bullshit. But really, right. the but then at the same time, they need to, like, destroy. Like, the conquistadors destroyed a lot of the Mayan culture because they were like, this is heresy. This goes against um, the church. And they were like, what the fuck? How did they build these fucking crazy cities? Like... This rivals the fucking, uh, you know, fucking jolly old London. And they're like, we got to fucking yeah, knock they, this shit down. Like, they, we can't have another culture uh, that was more seemingly more advanced than us, you know? Well, that's true. I mean, because it was, oh, I'm sorry. No, Mark, you're go good. Ahead. I was just, I was just going to say in this case, wasn't it more like Portuguese and Spanish explorers that kind of took over this area? Yeah, but I guess I'm I'm talking more about like in the 1800s when it was like sort of rediscovered by all the like British explorers. So like, like you ever see um the Lost City of Z? I did. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, movie. like those types of guys that were kind of going into the jungle and they were like, "There's an advanced city in the jungle, we must find it." <laughs> but then the other guys were like, oh, "They were not. There's a bridge. The savages." Sounded like Bane. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. These were savage Mayans, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) They were born in the darkness. (laughs) Um, No, but I I don't know. I mean, that's just like kind of some of the shit I think about when I'm when it's like you see a culture like the Mayan and even you see this with like ancient Chinese culture, like people or like india like people would go to places like india and be like i've brought back this crazy magical knowledge like alistair crowley 
like because it was so mysterious, oh, but it's just yeah. a different culture. Like it's not that fucking weird, you know. It's not weird, but back it was a different time back then. Exactly, we can go down that rabbit hole. Though, <laughs> yeah, that's know? what I'm saying. That's 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 opening a wormhole. That's an interesting rabbit hole to go down, though. You know, even like the um, what is it in like Pirates of the Caribbean? They they view the Chinese as like these fucking crazy magician types and shit like that. Yeah, man, because. Back in the day, like they had a lot of shit figured out. Like people don't realize that. And there was a, yeah. and it was okay to be racist back then. Well, because everything was, I think, more divided and tribalistic. Like I said earlier, I think it was just a different time. Okay, so you're saying more of an idea of like they, you stay with your own. Pretty much. I mean, for the most part, yeah. I think back in the day, like you know, we've evolved to like be interconnected, like through social media and you know all this craziness um, and this like just influx of overload information everywhere. Like, I don't think we're humans were necessarily wired for that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, getting back to the, uh, the history at hand here. So, (laughs) so Mesoamerican history is typically divided into, uh, specific periods and each of those has a subcategory or divisions of their own. But the three principal periods are the pre-classic, the classic, and the post-classic. Uh, now, the area or the era known as pre-classic or formative period, uh, this was when the Olmecs thrived. Now, the Olmecs are the oldest culture in Mesoamerica, basically like the precursor to the Mayans here. Uh, and like other Mesoamerican peoples or cultures, the Maya derived a number of religious and cultural traits as well as their number system and the famous calendar from the Olmec. And this is like a whole nother rabbit hole in and of itself because I was looking into the Olmecs. Uh, now, they settled around the Gulf of Mexico in this area here where my mouse is. And um, and they began building these great cities of stone and brick. And uh, one of their most famous structures that they left behind are these giant Olm they're known as the Olmec heads and I think there's something like 17 of these things um and this suggests a highly sophisticated skill in sculpture also the first shamanic is that how you would say that shamanic shamanic uh shamanic the first shamanic religious practices are said to have derived from this period. Now there is a picture of one of the Olmec heads for scale and size there. And the enormous size and scale of the Olmec ruins, uh, basically these giant stone heads gave birth to the idea that the land was once populated by giants. And, uh, funnily enough, nobody knows where the Olmecs came from or what happened to them. Uh, but they did lay the foundations for pretty much all future civilizations in Mesoamerica. Kind of like Cotton-Eyed Joe. Where did he come from? Where, Where did, did he go? go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a classic Cotton-Eyed exactly. Joe tale. Um, <laughs> this is a, the, Ol- the Olmecs are a classic Cotton-Eyed Joe tale. Uh, because nobody knows where they came from and nobody knows where they went. Just imagine, like, that's all we know. Like, you know, the, like, do you guys watch Ancient Aliens when they're like, the narrator's like, did, like, just imagine the narrator saying that. And the Olmecs are a classic tale of Cotton Eye Joe. Nobody knows where they came from or where they went. 
<laughs> you know, like, um, dude. I, yeah, and also uh, the Olmex inspired Legends of the Hidden Temple. Shout out to all those '90s kids. Oh, is that um, really uh, Olmec architecture there in the Legends of the yeah, Hidden it, Temple? His name is Olmec. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that show was a little bit before my time. I mean, I remember the show. Oh I remember my god, I feel old now. Thanks no, for, I thanks, I man. remember Rob watching the show, but I think I was too young to like understand what it was. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and you it's know, a great show. Mystery of the Olmecs Revealed, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, maybe I should have watched that. But no, what do you guys think about the Olmecs? Because this is kind of weird. And uh, I was thinking, like, honestly, the Olmecs are the mystery that I was looking for in the Mayas that I couldn't find. Uh, because I was looking into, like, um, I guess when you talk about, like, you know, how populations uh, come up, it's like people thought that the Olmecs came from Africa. So, like, they came over and settled in that land first. But then I guess they ran some, like, DNA samples, actually very scientific. I won't get into all of it. But it's like they didn't find any traces that they came from Africa. So it's like they originated there. But I guess, like, nobody just – I don't know. Like, what is that really so crazy for, like, if, we, if we're going off Darwin's theory of evolution, like, obviously humans would have evolved, like, everywhere, right? True. Pretty much. And I mean, like the Africans ended up, you know, going to Australia uh, back like, you know, thousands of years ago. And the Polynesians, like they they crossed the ocean. So why why couldn't that have been the same? Yeah, I mean, but but I, I guess they're saying that that's not the case. Like they thought that was the case, but it's even more mysterious because I guess that would be a, a better, a more logical explanation. Oh, so the DNA, okay. They're like the DNA that. didn't match any anything coming from Africa. So it was like a completely hmm. oh, it completely or originated I guess there. Um and then I was also yeah. like if you look at a picture of these heads, uh, I was watching one of the Ancient Aliens episodes and I mean, dude, those shows are incredible because I don't under like these guys are just pulling theories out of their ass. Like they're saying that these heads look like African people. So it must have been that African people were coming there in spaceships because they have like space helmets on and it looks like a, an African guy. That's totally the answer. That's <laughs> it. Like, that's so insane <clears throat> to just jump from like, oh, these guys made sculptures. And then they show all these masks that I guess they made too out of like Jade and shit. <clears throat> And some of them look all like creepy, like a ghoul. And they're like, well, these are clearly Asian people. <laughs> and it's just like, dude. Or it's just, Chill out. Like, it, calm down. Just because it's made out of jade. Not, not, not only that, but that is another fucking rabbit hole. But like, just because it's, how about because it's a fucked up old fucking civilization making shit out of jade. It's not going to be a perfect replica of a human face. Yeah, here's a piece of jade. Carve a picture of yourself out of it and tell me how that looks. Right, buddy? Yeah. Just because it's like large does not mean that giants roam that roam the land. Uh, like, it might. Why? Rob, I, mean, Rob I don't know. I mean, I think Rob, that's more Rob, believable yeah. than uh, Africans flying the spaceships over. <laughs> flying spaceships. Well, why is that? Dude, you've what? seen fucking yeah. Black Panther. Wakanda was very advanced 
and they just keep it. They kept it a that secret. Is a fiction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean those those theories are kind of crazy. But uh, the Olmecs as a kind whole of? looking okay, and then the jade thing. So I was also and re- how how could it it could just be like a headdress or something? Yeah, exactly. Like we'll get into that later because I have a whole like ancient it has alien to be a helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it must be a space, space helmet. helmet. Not covering the face though. <laughs> yeah, but like, who's that one like? Uh, who's that one Greek dude with the crazy hair that's just Sukalos. like? Oh yeah, aliens. Giorgio yeah. Sukalos. Yeah, okay, um, that dude. That dude. Yeah, funny. it actually wasn't that guy saying it. It was it was mostly Von Daniken who wrote Chariots of the Gods and um the the uh Childress guy. And then they have this other guy that looks like a fucking uh like speed metal head. Like you know those nerd metal bands like Rhapsody and Nightwish? Like he looks like he would be in one of those bands. Kind of like uh oh, Eddie from Stranger Things? No, Eddie's more of like a thrash <laughs> metal head, you know? He's like a cool metalhead. This guy looks like a fucking nerd metalhead. But I guess, I don't know. Um, all right, we're getting off base on saying. So the other rabbit hole with the jade when we talk about the Olmecs, I was rereading Chariots of the Gods, and Von Daniken is like, how did they have jade? Jade comes from China. But then I was looking up, like, obviously China is not the only place that jade forms. It also forms naturally in uh, Guatemala, which is where, uh, not far from, I guess, where these fuckers were. Also, uh, well, trade these, was a thing. Back yeah, then. I was going to say these you guys had had uh, established trade routes. So yeah, but not with China. That you know of. No, that is not, that would fucking. Then we're we're going back to saying that Columbus wasn't the first person to fucking saunter his ass over here. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, yes, it was the was. Vikings, man. Okay, okay, yes, no, technically, well, but that's okay. way up north. Okay, but but still it's still true. the con. It's still the continental. Yes, yes, you know, but to, I'm America. saying to make like Columbus, what he was in the Caribbean and then uh, over in the Yucatan and shit, right? I thought he went I, to Florida first. I think so. No, nah, no, nah, I think it was the nah, it was that like was, somewhere nah, in the Caribbean, in like Jamaica and shit. He was out there fucking Well, he did get, he did make his way to the peninsula over here. I don't yeah. know if he did. Yeah, cuz I read something that he like he sent his brother to go Yes, that yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. That was the Yucatan. Yeah. So not over here. I thought you meant the fucking US. <laughs> I'm <laughs> We're talking about the fucking y- Yucatan Peninsula, motherfucker. Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. So Columbus was the first person uh, from the fucking. We're um, talking about the Chesapeake Bay Peninsula from Europe d- yo, to come over here. Yeah, don't don't be talking shit about Columbus because everyone's talking shit about Columbus. Fuck Christopher Columbus, dude. Oh, dude, come on! I was I'm actually <laughs> like I said I'm in rewatching The Sopranos. I just got to the episode where like all the fucking like Sill and all those guys love Columbus and they're like, this anti-Italian discrimination. Columbus is an Italian. He's a hero. Stoney's yeah, like Columbus. Columbo. <laughs> yeah, he's like He worked Columbus for the Spanish crown. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll get nice. into that. I got a whole bit on the conquest, but let's keep going with this ancient stuff. Um, was he Italian or Portuguese? He was Italian. Italian. Uh, now, okay, so after the formative period, we got the classic period. Now, this began around 250 AD and is known as the Golden Age of the Maya Empire. Uh, It is the period the Mayan civilization grew to some 40 large cities, including Taikal, Uxaktun, Copan, Bonampak, 
Dos Pilas, Caclamol, Palenque, and Rio Beck. Uh, and each city held an estimated population of anywhere between 5,000 to 50,000 people. Somewhere in between there. <laughs> At its peak, the Maya population may have reached 2 million or in some estimates as many as 10 million with a plethora of cities throughout the Yucatan. Um, here's a little map of the like major cities. Now, after this period, we got the post-classic, and, and this is where the mysterious decline sort of happened. So the empire reached the peak of its power and influence around 500-600 AD or 6th century AD. Um, but one by one, these classic Mayan cities in the southern lowlands were abandoned. And by AD, by 900 AD, Maya civilization in that region had essentially collapsed. Now, as we said, to this day, uh, there is no one agreed upon explanation for the mass exodus from these cities to the rural outskirts. And since the 19th century, scholars have debated what might have caused such a dramatic decline. Now, overpopulation and climate change are the two most prominent theories. Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, it does. It really does. Now, some believe that by the ninth century, the Maya had exhausted the environment around them uh, to the point that they could no longer sustain a very large population. Now, this I thought was interesting because they said they were, they were like great farmers. They understood like crops and how to feed a large civilization. But I guess they weren't good like long term farmers because a lot of the early theories was like they I guess they didn't understand crop rotation. And in places they were like the jungle, the topsoil is very thin. So, you know, if you are farming the same land over and over, it's just going to like after like 60 plus years, it's going to lose its fucking uh, nutrients or whatever. You know, are you guys you guys big into farming? You understand any of that stuff? Yeah, dude, Absolutely I'm a secret not. farmer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I don't know. You're like, you work at a restaurant, dude. I, there's Top soil's also, too thin here. Yeah, there's also um, possibility of constant warfare among competing city-states. Um, this le led to complicated military, uh, family marriage, and trade alliances between them all to kind of break down uh, along with their traditional dynastic power systems. Um, and possibly another theory here is some, uh, catastrophic environmental change, like an extremely long, intense period of drought, uh, may have wiped out the Maya civilization. Uh, drought would have hit cities like Tikal, especially hard because that's, I guess, in like the center of the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, so like rainwater was necessary for drinking and crop irrigation. Uh, and then I guess another big theory is like deforestation uh, because you see on their architecture they use this like thick plaster which is required or i guess what is required to make that is like uh, you have to heat the limestone up really hot so they use a shitload of firewood um and so on like compounded with the thin topsoil if they're cutting down all the trees that's going to lead the fucking uh, rain just to kind of wash away that topsoil. And then you also see in their architecture, like in the late um, later periods of them building, the plaster gets thinner and thinner. 
So uh, deforestation, another big theory there. Um, now, I guess it's it's more of like uh, what a lot of people think is that it's all of these factors, you know, overpopulation, overuse of the land, warfare, drought uh, may have played a part in the down in the downfall of the Maya, especially in the southern lowlands. Um, now, in the highlands of the Yucatan, a few cities such as Chichen Itza, Uxmal and Mayapan continue to flourish into the post-classic period, which is uh, 900 to 1500 AD. Uh, but by the time the Spanish invaders arrived, most Maya were living in agricultural villages and their great cities lay buried under layers of rainforest. Um, now, this is interesting to me because as we said up top, you know, the widely popular belief is that the Mayans were pretty much driven from the cities, uh, wiped out by the Spanish conquest. Uh, but this is, in fact, a load of horse shit uh, <laughs> because the cities were already vacant by the time of the Spanish invasion. Uh, in fact, the Spanish conquerors had no idea the natives that they had found or encountered on the coasts uh, were responsible for these enormous complex cities. Uh, now, have you guys looked into the old conquest? I know we were kind of getting into it uh, a little bit at the top, but uh, you guys ever look into this type of shit? Honestly, haven't done too much research on it. I've done. I mean, I I just thought that they had encounters with you know the Mayans and the Aztecs, the indigenous people, and I, I probably naive like in my naivety just thought that. Uh, the Mayans had seen the Europeans as gods and then <laughs> like disease wiped them out. You know, that's yeah. what I assumed because it's happened in, in history, like with the native Americans in, in, uh, you know, the United States re region now. Okay. Um, well, well that is a massive myth and we, we will get into that. Um, because I went down a rabbit hole on this stuff and, uh, dude, there are some crazy fucking stories. Um, so yeah, Rob, this is, I think what you were talking about, but, um, so 30th of July, 1502, during his fourth voyage, Christopher Columbus, him and his boys, they're off the coast of Honduras. Just um, on a vacay or what? This was like his fucking, <laughs> this was his big day out. This was like Columbus's big day out, his, his explorations and shit. Um, now he sends his brother, Bartholomew Columbus. Mm to uh, scout one of the islands. Um, now, so him and his boys, they're fucking on one of these islands. They're uh, fucking? No, they're fucking around. They're fucking, <laughs> they're they're fucking around. Honduras, fuck yeah, they probably were fucking. Um, <laughs> they're fucking around on one of these islands. Uh, they see this fucking canoe. Old Black Bart. And they're like, dude, what the fuck is this? Now, this canoe was a Maya trading vessel from the Yucatan. Uh, it was carrying well-dressed Maya and rich cargo. So basically, these European fuckers, they proceed to loot whatever took their interest from the cargo. They seize the elderly captain to serve as an interpreter. And then they just said, hey, get the fuck out of here, you know? These guys were essentially like the early version of the Italian mob. Seemed like pirates, almost. Or I guess that, too. Seems um, like colonists... You know, <laughs> seems like conquistadores. Exactly. Um, Call it a different name, whatever. It's the same thing, though. Yeah. So, th so this was the first recorded contact between Europeans and Maya, 
it is likely that uh, the news of these strangers passed along different Maya trade routes. Um, and the first prophecies of bearded invaders sent by Kuklukan, uh, the northern Maya feathered serpent god, were probably recorded around this time. So I guess that is that is leading some credence to your theories. Where, But I guess it's not like they saw these guys as gods, but they saw these guys as like maybe being sent by this uh, feathered serpent god. Yeah, that that's kind of what I previously thought I had heard. Cause I remember like the Aztecs, like I'll make this short, but the Aztecs, um, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember the conquistador, but he came over and they, like they thought he was a God and stuff. And they essentially just like gave him everything and treated him like royalty. And then he ended up like wiping out their entire, like he just went on a killing frenzy essentially the conquistador mm-hmm yeah it, it's like a really famous one i just can't remember the name and i believe it was the aztec empire that he was uh basically oh, fooling them he took advantage of it he was a you're talking about cortez right hernan cortez yes yes yeah. yes that's the one um yeah okay um yeah we got some stuff on the rest of the conquistadors but these were like the first two stories i found that i thought were pretty crazy so you got that first uh encounter where they just stole a bunch of shit out of this canoe and took this guy as a translator <laughs> so the second encounter that's funny for you <laughs> I mean, it's just funny that like what they're just like uh like think about this you just went on a voyage across the fucking atlantic ocean took had took him however long how how long did it take him back then in the fucking 1500s Probably like months years. yeah and the first thing you do when you see these guys, these guys that you like, think about how these guys were dressed like Mayan royalty. They probably had fucking jade gauges and and bones sticking in their nose with these headdresses on. And these guys are just like, yeah, let's just take a bunch of this shit. Fuck you guys. Get the fuck out of here. Get in your fucking canoe and get the fuck out of here. Uh, this is classic mob shit, dude. This is like them ripping off the truck drivers at the airport, you know? This is classically European <laughs> shit. Fell off the canoe. Yeah, now, okay, so this next story, all right, this one is actually fucking crazy. They need to make a movie out of this one. Um, so in 15, they might. yes, they might. We might write this screenplay. So in 1511, the Spanish vessel Santa Maria de la Barca sailed along the Central American coast under the command of Pedro de Valdivia. Um, now, the ship wrecked upon a reef somewhere off the coast of Jamaica, and there was 20 initial survivors, including Captain Valdivia, uh, Geronimo de Aguilar, and Gonzalo Guerrero. Um, now, they're adrift in one of these ships of uh, boats for 13 days. Uh, now, during this time, half of those 20 survivors died. And they made landfall upon the coast of the Yucatan, where they were immediately seized by Halleck, Halleck Eunuch, uh, which is uh, like a Mayan lord. He was a Mayan lord. Now, Captain Vildavia, he was sacrificed with four of his companions, and their flesh was served at a feast. That's fucking super fucking metal. 
Uh, so the Mayans captured. So they take a bunch of shit from the Mayans' canoes. They kill four of these guys and eat them. Uh, now, Geronimo, uh, Aguilar, and Gonzalo Guerrero, they were held prisoner and fattened for killing. Uh, together with five or six of their shipmates, they were all held, and I guess they were just feeding them to get them fat like a fucking... Uh, feeding like a, them. Yeah, feeding them. Like a foie gras. They were making a nice foie gras out of these guys. Um, but Aguilar and Guerrero, they managed to escape their captors, and they fled to a neighboring Mayan lord who took them prisoner and kept them as slaves. After a number of years... Uh, Gonzalo Guerrero was passed as a slave to the Lord Nanshan Khan of Chutmal. And he complete he became completely, uh, I guess, like embedded in Mayan culture. He became completely Mayanized. And by 1514, he achieved the rank of Nakam, which was like a war leader. And he served in this fucking Mayan army. This is a fucking badass movie. Am I right? Dude, this guy was. Why haven't this like? <laughs> why hasn't this been made? Dude, like, this, this is seems fucking, to be an epic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't even need any fucking Mel Gibson like inserting his fucking pseudo history in here. This is just straight up a badass story right here. This guy was fucking. Uh, all of his shipmates died. They were fucking eaten, and then he became like a slave. And then a fucking, like, war leader? That's fucking badass, dude. There's actually, like, a statue of this guy I was looking at. It's fucking awesome, dude. Sounds like a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Yeah, that is fucking epic. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, dude. This right, this movie, right, this script writes itself. That's wild. That just, like, blew my mind. That is fucking crazy. crazy, dude. Um, Now... Let's go take over an office at Warner Brothers and just start writing on it. Dude, I think we could legitimately pitch this script if we if we wrote it out good. Well, it already wrote itself, so not much to do. That's like a paragraph of story. We got to develop the whole romance. We got to make like, um, you know, we got to have some passionate scenes. We could make this like a Disney Pocahontas version. No, no, no. We're not going to Disney. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Dude, imagine this is a musical. No, thank you. They're fucking eating these guys. Um, all right. So now let's get into some of the, the conquests because um, I don't know. This stuff is just super interesting to me as I was looking up. Like I had no idea. Like this is the type of shit I wish we had learned in school because um, the Spanish conquest of the Maya was a prolonged affair. The Mayan kingdoms resisted um, integration into like the Spanish culture with such tenacity that their defeat took nearly two centuries, which that's fucking crazy because I always thought, and again, this is my ignorance. This is my naivety. What did you call it, Billy? Your naivety, right? Yeah. This right. is my naivety. I always thought that it was basically like, like the Mel Gibson movie, as soon as the fucking Spanish guys had their, they had their armor, they're coming aboard, and it's just a fucking all-out extermination. Yeah. You know, I thought it was just like, oh, boom, you're fucking, these are primitive savages, and it's just fucking boom, 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 we've, we fucking won, you know? Exactly, but I think, like, a culture that was that advanced and just, you know, the just embedded in the land and, like everything i mean it, it took them way longer than people probably realize i mean i i didn't realize that for sure so. yeah two centuries crazy. dude that's fucking crazy 
Um, and then yeah, that's wild. So I was going down that rabbit hole, and I was reading this book. Uh, it's called Seven Myths of the Spanish Conquest by Matthew Restall. Um, and I'll try to like summarize this or paraphrase this, but I I just like uh, copied some of the more interesting ones that he goes over in the book. Um, so like one of the myths uh, he expands on is the myth of exceptional men. So this is the idea that the Spanish conquest was um, carried out by like f- a few outstanding individuals who were like super brave explorers like Columbus, um, Horn- Hernan Cortez, like we talked about, or this other guy, um, Francisco Pizarro. Um, so this is actually false. He says in the book, the techniques of the conquest and colonization were actually developed over centuries of expansion of the expansion of like the Spanish and Portuguese empires. Um, so, it, you know, it wasn't like like we thought of like, you know, these four guys coming over and kind of this whole conquest. Um, now, the other one that he talks about is the myth of the white conquistador. Uh, and again, you know, uh, this is not, I didn't write this guys. So don't come at me with the white supremacy stuff. This is what he's saying. Uh, so he says, uh, the belief that the Spanish conquest was accomplished by a small number of white Spaniards. He says, this is false. Uh, much of the actual military operations were undertaken by indigenous allies of the conquistadors outnumbering the actual Spanish forces by many hundreds to one. Uh, So basically what these guys would do, as we saw with this Guerrero fellow, I mean, not necessarily like that. They wouldn't become Mayanized, but it's like we said up top, you have all these like individual Mayan city states. So they were all competing with each other. The Spanish came over and they would kind of align themselves with these guys and take over the cities that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they were kind of like, it was kind of like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. No, um, for sure. And I think that... Anything about my back. The French allied with uh, with the British, I believe, in the Revolutionary War. No, the French were with us, dude. They basically won the oh, war yeah, for us. Oh, yeah, that's right. The French yeah, pretty much won the war Hold for on, us. yeah. No, 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 back up, back up. Yeah, the French were <laughs> yeah. allies with us. Okay. Yeah. Um, no wonder you weren't a history major, Billy. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so, Getting but, uh, you know, wrong. you know, I thought that was interesting because, you know, you see like, and I guess like, you know, Columbus did become the fall guy because you always like is a scapegoat, you know, you want someone to point to and say, this was this guy's fault. And that's fucking this Columbus guy, you know? Um, but according to this guy, that was not the case. Um, now the, there's also what he calls is the myth of completion, um, or the idea that all of the Americas were completely conquered in just a few years. This is like, we just said, we thought this was the case. That is actually false. As we, as we just talked about, this took nearly two centuries. And, uh, he even says in the book, pockets of indigenous communities were not conquered and persisted for several centuries after the initial conquest. Uh, some even arguably to this day. Uh, for example, he cites Tayasal uh, as the last independent city of the Maya. This did not fall under Spanish until uh, under Spanish conquest until 1697. 
Um, in other areas of Latin America, Spanish control was never complete and rebellions were continuous. Um, he shows that the colonization of the Americas did not happen in one fell swoop, uh, but rather as a historical process starting centuries before the magic years of 1492 and 1521 and ending several centuries after. Now, he also discusses the myth of native desolation or the belief that indigenous peoples of the Americas resigned to their fate, included themselves in the new, new European order and ceased to exist as ethnicities. He says this is also false. He argues that many of the indigenous peoples never felt conquered, but rather they had formed a partnership with a new power to both of their advantage. Uh, this was the case for most of the allied forces that helped Cortez defeat the Aztecs. So it's like we said, you know, these guys are forming alliances with different tribes, different communities, and they're kind of defeating other city states one by one. Um, but I guess in turn, they're all kind of falling under Spanish order, you know. And one of the last myths we'll get into that he, he cites in the book is the myth of superiority or the belief that the success of the Spanish conquest was due to uh, either the supposed technological superiority, superiority of the Spaniards or some inherent cultural superiority. And Spanish victory was therefore inevitable. He says this is also false. He claims that the technological advances like handguns, cannons, steel armor, horses, and dogs were not great, were not of great consequence in the actual fighting since they were all in short supply. He cites that the Aztecs were not phased by this new technology for long, nor were the natives childlike or cowardly in comparison to the Spanish, um, such as many early Spanish sources have, have painted them. Uh, so it's like we said, you know, the Spanish come in, they're writing the history of like, oh, these are savages. These are fucking um, inferior tribes, that sort of thing. Um, he says that the factors behind the success of the conquistadors were mostly the devastating effects of European disease for which there was no resistance. So pretty interesting, right? Um, it's like we said, uh, it really makes you kind of think about like how different the course of history would have been if the Mayans had continued to flourish. Cause it's like we said, they were practically wiped out from their own demise, like from the overpopulation deforestation by the time the Spanish arrived. So like think about what it would have been like if the Spanish had come when the Mayans were at their peak and they were living in these giant cities. It's, mind-blowing to think about that i mean i think yeah it, it makes sense that it was a gradual process that the mayan civilization collapsed it wasn't just a couple of years you know i mean i think it probably was a combination of disease and um also like you know the allying tribes basically fighting each other off and things like that and also people just eventually acclimating to the culture and like finding some resolution um, to where, like, they kind of, like, absorbed into, like, the Spanish culture, you know? Yeah, and I guess, like, um, from what I was looking at, I guess disease is, like, the big one. Because I was looking, like, I think um, something like 90% of the indigenous population was wiped out by disease alone. So, it, 
if the fucking Spanish didn't have like weren't carrying these diseases, they probably would have fucking been defeated by the Mayans because that was pretty much the case. Yeah, but because I was looking up like uh, like, you know how we were talking about like, oh, they're advanced with their guns and armor and shit. Um, But then you think about like, imagine these guys trucking through the jungle with like steel armor. That's fucking. Yeah, that's, that's got to be devastating. That's crazy. Like and the, they have no idea where they're really going. Yeah, because yeah. I was they one of the know nothing know the about land them. so well. Yeah, this it would have been like Vietnam if it wasn't for the diseases. Because I was looking <laughs> up like the fucking uh, no, I'm serious. Like guerrilla warfare. Like the Mayans knew the fucking jungles and shit, and they had this armor of their own that was um, it was like these cotton vests that they would soak and dry in salt water like over and over again and it made them just as hard as the uh like spanish armor but it was it was light as hell like bulletproof vest dude dude that's so sick yeah i mean (laughs) yeah and then but it's like we always think about history as like oh the spanish just came in and fucking wiped them all out because they had guns and armor but that was like not even the fucking case yeah no i mean it's not surprising though it's kind of like unrealistic to think that could happen in a couple of years yeah, but then I was also thinking of like, um, so think of like if the Mayans uh, were like if they did flourish and their society was like stayed at the peak that it was and like they were able to expand around the same time as the Spanish, like imagine how different the world would be like they could have fucking just gone into like North America and kind of taken that over. We could be living in a very fucking different world. And I was looking into like, um, the royalty, apparently Mayan aesthetic was like a flat forehead. They thought this was like the ideal look. And to achieve this, uh, Mayan mothers would actually like press babies foreheads with boards to like flatten them out. Uh, and they also wore Jade, put Jade in their teeth and shit. Um, this was often done among like the higher class citizens. So it's like, these were like the fucking Kardashians of their day. Gotta have that flat forehead. <laughs> you baby. Know? It's, it's like the Kardashians shoving fat in their asses, but they're just flattening their foreheads, dude. Can you imagine if, or it's like the fucking British wearing their stupid fucking crown jewels and shit. It's like the same fucking thing. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, and fashions change i mean it's crazy but that was like a fashion thing back then but that would be fucking awesome if that if that if the mayans did grow and like take over all of like pretty much the americas and you had like yeah europe just kind of stayed over there because they would have been like killed when they came over here that's fucking crazy to think no that that is insane for sure now speaking of I guess uh, Mayan culture, that sort of thing. Let's get into some of the religion because uh, in the case of the Mayans, and as we said, with a lot of these ancient cultures, uh, typically what anthropologists and historians know about them is pieced together by what remains of their architecture and art. Now, with the Mayans, we see stone carvings and inscriptions on their buildings, Uh, They got monuments. They also made paper from uh, tree bark and wrote in books made from this bark paper. Uh, These were known as codices. And only four of these are known to have survived. Uh, As we said, much of their recordings were burned by the Spanish for heresy. Um, And then when the Spanish took over, you had this blending of culture similar similar to what happened in Haiti with like voodoo. Um, 
Check out our zombies episode for more on that. Episode number 77. Uh, Because to cite just one example of that, uh, in the 16th century, this Catholic priest on a mission to convert the Maya, his name was Diego de Landa. Uh, he burned all of these valuable books, destroyed thousands of images in an attempt to sever the Maya people's ties to their deities or religious rituals. Um, now, his efforts were only partially successful because modern day Maya often practice a form of Christianity that incor- incorporates their traditional Maya rituals. So it's like, you know, they kind of they were like, all right, we'll do the whole Christian thing, but we're going to fucking like disguise our own. Like we're going to blend our religion into this uh, Christianity type shit, you know? Right. Um, but th- this is like pretty fucked up, but I guess it goes like hand in hand with the conquest. Um, like aside from viewing their culture as heresy, this is conquest 101 that you essentially want to like snuff out any type of native culture so that future generations forget. Um, Because, you know, you can't have some grand uprising in the future if there's nothing left to fight for culture-wise. You know, does that make sense? For sure. Like, you cut off the culture, the future generations are, they're just going to think it was always this way. I mean, dude, that's just tons of valuable history lost because of these fucking assholes yeah these fucking uh catholic dickheads dude it's like you know who else burned books the fucking nazis (laughs) it's essentially like uh, another crusade almost yeah basically i think that's what it was because when wasn't the time of these conquistadors and shit wasn't that like the spanish inquisition was going on as well or was that before yeah i think it's a little no i think it was around the same oh I thought this was a little bit after that, but after, but okay. Even yeah, if it's I mean, after you still have like, that was their mission, you well, know? Yeah. Because they're like, well, this worked once before, so let's keep doing it. Well, it's like the church was so powerful. You got these conquistadors coming over and they're like, patra in the spirit of Sante, we, we kill you for Christ. And they're like killing all these guys because they don't believe the same shit as them, you know, burning their books and shit. Um, it's fucked up. Yeah, And I think back then, like, like the conquistadors and the colonists, like they, they felt superior to like the, this new people that they encountered. And it was like, they were almost like, um, just very primitive and basic. And, and that, that mentality just boiled down to the way that they, they were just like, okay, you're going to assimilate to us because we are superior to you. They thought they were doing and, these guys a favor. Right. They were like we're saving you guys. This is the, this is the fucking way of the Lord. And they're just fucking killing them and burning their books. Dude, exactly. And it really wasn't. It, it wasn't at all. It was just a complete destruction of like a, a very important culture within human history. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And it is like Rob was saying, like it makes you think of like, so if this is how modern like archaeologists and shit piece together uh, the Maya civilization, like what was lost to history, you know, we could be interpreting this shit totally fucking wrong, I guess. Yep. We could, um, we could absolutely. I mean, this is all speculation and science, I'm sure, but I think ultimately it's it's just speculation because we're never going to really know. Now, when we get into like the Maya religious beliefs, um, 
this is where shit gets kind of crazy because the Maya were very religious. Uh, they worshiped many gods related to nature, including the gods of the sun, moon, rain, and corn. Um, I also saw, I think they like believed that people were made out of corn. So when they sacrificed them, they were like feeding the gods corn because corn was like very fucking, um, what do you call it? Sacred children of the corn, corn, the band. They loved corn. Freaking a leash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the top of Mayan society were the kings or Kuhul Ajaw, uh, not to be confused with the Spider-Man villain of the same name. <laughs> and and this is fucking bogus, dude. This actually, uh, this was ticking me off because did you guys watch the new Black Panther trailer? I did not. No. Um. So I guess they got this new fucking Black Panther, which is also Marvel. How? What do you mean? Black Panther's dead. Yeah, they got a fucking. They got some chicken. It's Wakanda there, forever now. Yeah, they got. It looks it's, cool. It's I just haven't seen the trailer. Goddess warriors, but so, but this was ticking me off because, um, I guess the evil guy is like this Mayan underwater god, and also the Spider-Man villain is this Mayan god. They're making these fucking Mayans all the bad guys. What the hell, dude? Been doing it for centuries. <laughs> that's just, exactly. Is, Couldn't have said it better. That's fucking than bogus. You know, that's fucking bogus, dude. They just paint Marvel's just painting the Mayans as these fucking um, bloodthirsty savages, dude. That ticks me but, off. I mean, the thing is, like, when did they ever have integrity with that? They just roll with what makes money. Ultimately. Yeah, but why can't we have a fucking Mayan superhero, dude? The Rock, get the Rock in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that well, the badass. one Spanish dude, <laughs> yeah. the one Spanish dude that turned into the Mayan, like after you know that. That's just yeah, that's crazy. We need to write that graphic novel. Um, okay, so anyways, getting back to their actual beliefs. So the the Kahula Ja, um, these were essentially ho- holy lords who claimed to be related to the gods and followed a hereditary succession. Um, They were thought to serve as mediators between the gods and the people on earth and performed elaborate religious ceremonies and rituals, which were important to the Mayan culture. Now, it's also interesting uh, to think about, I guess, how... Okay, we talked about religion and how it was so powerful with the Spanish coming over here and like thinking that they were saving all these people. Think about also how the Mayans religion played into their daily lives because this was basically uh, politics like religion was politics. They didn't have a separation of church and state. You know, they didn't have these fucking dickheads in powdered wigs saying, oh, we got a declaration of independence. You know, it was like. Like I was watching one of those National Geographic type specials on the lost world of the Maya, and they were talking about how they worshipped the feathered serpent uh, Kuklakan, or uh, this became Katsikwotl, um in the Aztec culture, uh, but Kuklakan in the Mayans. Uh, I think we mentioned him in our Reptilians episode, the feathered serpent. Check um, that episode so, out if you got time. Yeah, possibly connection to reptilians if you want to go down the aliens rabbit hole. Um, but this guy was a popular deity in Maya and later Aztec culture, and they explained it as almost sort of like a political cult with initiation rituals, all that type of shit, um, which really kind of made me think of Dune. Like, if you have you read the book Dune, the like Fremen 
kind of made like environmentalism a religion so that they could like save their planet, which is, I guess, like that, like you think about religion being politics. It's kind of crazy because like the Mayans, I guess they didn't have like religion and politics was so interwoven, I guess. You know, it was like the same thing. It's kind of like a mind fuck to think about a, an advanced society like that. No, does that do you guys think about that at all? Uh, no, I did not think about that. But that is uh, like imagine if things were still like that. You know, I mean, starting to be like that again. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I, well, with this uh, with this Roe Wade uh, religious uh, mumbo jumbo, is that what you're getting? Yeah, at? dude. People are still so focused on the religious aspect of society when I feel like it's not really as big of a part of the culture today as it used to be dude i'm thinking maybe we need to start this political cult and worship the feathered serpent dude we need to get back to our no, that didn't work out too good for them did it well we need to get back to these my roots <laughs> okay, so. whole country speaking spanish now okay that's true all right um so so stories are still told about kuklacan among the modern yucatec maya um in one tale Kuklakan is a boy who was born as a snake. Um, he grew older and it became obvious that he was a serpent and his sister cared for him in a cave. <laughs> well, guy's a serpent, so you guys got to go to the yeah, cave and yeah. take care of him. You guys got to get this You can't be in now. the house, you know. You gotta now, be- <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this is no boy, it's a serpent that has feathers coming out of him. Yeah, and I, why was this obvious as he became older? Like he grew into a serpent. Yeah. Um, now he grew turning more into a snake than boy. We got to move guys. into the cave. Uh, so. Guys, Fred is becoming more of a snake. I think we're going to put him in the cave. Now, you're his sister. You go take care of him. <laughs> yeah. So, so his sister's taking care of him in the cave. Now he grew to such a size that his sister was unable to continue feeding him. So he flew out of this cave and into the sea, uh, and this caused an earthquake. Makes sense. Now, to let his sister know he was still alive, Kuklakan causes earth tremors every year in July. So, hmm. you know, he's just saying, hey, I'm still here, motherfuckers. Um, now, a modern collection of folklore from Yucatan tells how Kuklakan was a winged serpent that flew to the sun and tried to speak to it, but the sun, in its pride, burned his tongue. Um, the same source relates to how Kuklakan always travels ahead of the Yucatec Maya rain god, helping to predict the rains as his tail moves the winds and sweeps the earth clean. So that's mm. kind of, that's like the, um, what's the gentleman's name that flew too close to the sun? Icarus? His, his, his wings, what was that his from? wings, you know what I'm talking about? His he fl- he flew too close to the sun, his wings melted, and he fell oh, back to yeah. earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do all these cultures have like some guy trying to like go to the sun? That's kind of crazy, right? Well, how do they how do they even really know that the sun is hot? I guess like well, he, they go outside. <laughs> well, it's hot outside. Well, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. But like, you can know the sun's hot. I get no, no, no. But it's because we because we know what the sun is like composed of in terms of like chemical, you know, the chemical makeup, like, and everything. We know that it like 
heats up the earth but back then they didn't have that science you know it was just like oh this giant yellow thing in the sky they could still see they probably thought oh there's a giant fireball in the sky it's not that hard they imagine the yeah, first guy true. to fucking stare at the but, sun got his eyes burned out of his head and they were like oh this is hot yeah. we probably shouldn't do this yeah no I, I guess you're right like it's just like uh something they would they would just notice but i thought about that because i was like they didn't have the science back then know well that. apparently like, the maya like these guys scientific. are uh world-class astronomers yeah dude these about. guys were fucking scientists dude you th- you want to talk about einstein dude these guys the maya were the original yeah, einstein. dude no i know they were smart as hell yeah now you among- can tell that by this snake story <laughs> yeah no. Jesus. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> now, among the Lacandon Maya of the Chipapas, Kukla uh, Khan is an evil, monstrous snake that is the pet of the sun god. Oh, now he's a pet. Yeah, so a little pet of the sun god there. Um, now, so that's just some some bits on the feathered serpent. Now, at the foundation of the Maya religion was the belief in the cyclical nature of life. So they thought nothing was ever born and nothing ever died. Um, so to talk about science. These guys basically came up with the first law of thermodynamics. <laughs> you know, you know, the first law of thermodynamics. No negative matter is neither created Matter is neither created nor destroyed. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I know that. Fucking mind. That's crazy. Yeah. So this French asshole probably fucking stole that from the Mayans. Take a couple of their books, burn them after we read them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. These guys, we got the books. And this is my Uh, idea now. This is the Mayans. Yeah. I came up with it. Now, Now, this in turn inspired their view of gods and the cosmos. We know they had a deep connection to the cosmos, which encouraged their efforts in architecture, mathematics, and astronomy. Um, Another belief. Now, Rob, you'll fucking love this one if you love the snake story. So another belief was that beneath the earth was the dark realm of Shibalba, translated to place of fright, super fucking metal. Um, from here grew the tree of life, which came up through the earth and towered into the heavens with 13 levels, reaching the paradise of Tomochan, a place of the misty sky where beautiful flowers bloomed. In Mayan belief, one did not die and go to heaven or hell, but rather embarked on a journey toward Tomochan. Uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right anyways. Uh, but this journey began in the darkness of Shabalba, where the Shabalbans who lived there were more apt to trick and destroy a soul rather than help it. And if one could navigate through Shabalba, then you would find your way to ascend through the nine levels of the underworld and the 13 levels of the higher world to paradise. Now, the only ways in which a soul could bypass Shabalba and travel instantly to the paradise in the sky were through death and childbirth as a sacrificial victim in warfare on the ball court or by suicide. (laughs) Oh, we'll get into the ball court stuff, dude. Um, Or by suicide. The Mayan had a special goddess of suicide named Ixtab, Uh, who was depicted as the rotting corpse of a woman hanging by a noose in the heavens. 
Now these guys just keep getting fucking more metal, dude. This is this is about as metal as it gets, you know. Now, once you reach the paradise in the sky, there was eternal happiness. Uh, and furthermore, this paradise was not thought to actually exist in the sky, but here on Earth. After ascending through the 13 levels, you didn't live in the air, but you rather on a mystical mountaintop back on the planet. And it was because of this cyclical view, the Maya did not believe there was anything wrong with human sacrifice. Uh, so those people who were offered to the gods did not die. They simply moved on. That's how they lived with it. <laughs> exactly. Is it, so you're saying this is how they, they came up with this whole religion to justify human sacrifice? No, I'm just saying that that part of it. Okay. Now, this cyclical belief influenced every aspect of the Mayan civilization and rituals were performed regularly in caves which evoked the darkness of shibalba and on hills or pyramids which symbolized the heights of tomochan toman tomonchan now all right we're gonna get into the fucking human sacrifice guys and um this is so fucking metal that we have to bring back the classic segment in this week's Breakdown. I uh, had a lot of people asking me what the hell happened to the breakdown. So here it is. All right, let's get into the fucking human sacrifice because much of the evidence of Maya sacrificial rituals is taken from images in their codices. Uh, these were the books, the writings we talked about. Now, Maya codices contain glyph-like imagery that relates to deities, sacrifices, rituals, moon phases, planet movements, and calendars. Um, three codices that are considered legitimate are the Dresden, Madrid, and Paris codices. These all feature depictions of human sacrificial rituals, such as heart extractions and decapitations. Now, three common methods in the Maya culture for human sacrifice uh, we'll get into the first decapitation. Now, the importance of heads as a symbol may have been influenced as early as the formative Olmec period and was used as a way to represent and honor gods or rulers, like we saw with those giant fucking heads. Why are they just heads, you know? Important rituals such as dedication of major buildings or pyramids uh, or the enthronement of a new ruler required a human sacrificial offering. Now, the sacrifice of an enemy king was a most prized offering, often involved the decapitation of the captive ruler in ritual reenactment of decapitation of the Maya maze god by the Maya death gods. Uh, sacrifice by decapitation is depicted in classic Maya art, and sometimes took place after the victim was tortured by being beaten, scalped, and burned or disemboweled. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds intense. Yeah, that's fucking metal, dude. Now, some interpretations of the glyphs of heads upside down symbolize that out of respect, guys, this is out of pure respect for the victims, the heads were used as bowls. Uh, heads were also used for adornment. Uh, there is evidence of necklaces made with shrunken heads hanging upside down on important figures. Uh, this was most likely used for war imagery or as trophies to threaten enemies. 
Um, now, severed heads are also associated with rituals involving agriculture, birth, fertility, and death. Uh, as depicted in the Florentine Codex, Zilonin, the goddess of tender maize, was sacrificed and her head was struck off, her heart torn out of her chest, and then offered to the sun. Uh, the Codex Borgia depicts the greatest number of decapitations at 33. Um, so that's a little bit on decapitation. Now, next up, we got heart removal. Uh, so heart extractions have been viewed as a supreme religious expression among the ancient Maya. Removing a victim's still beating heart was seen as a great offering or meal for the gods. Uh, this practice was common in the post-classical period, usually taking place in the courtyard of a temple or upon the summit of a pyramid temple. Uh, so the sacrifice victim was stripped and painted blue which was the color representing sacrifice. They were made to wear a peaked headdress and it began by extracting blood from either the mouth, nose, ears, fingers, or penis, uh, typically with a sharp tool made from an animal bone like a stingray spine. Jesus Christ. So just picture that. Uh, then they positioned the victim on a stone or wooden altar. And the heart was act. If the heart was accessed through the sternum, the ribs would be pulled apart, or tissue would be cut for access through the diaphragm using a sacrificial knife made from flint. Uh, the actual removal of the heart would then be continued by cutting any attached ligaments, and finally, offering the heart would take place with either special positioning or through burning. At this time, blood would also be collected from the victim. And the ritual would end with mutilation of the body, usually through dismemberment or being burned. Now, depending on the exact ritual, sometimes they'd throw the corpse down the pyramid steps to the courtyard below, where it would be skinned by assisting priests, except for the hands and feet. And they would remove their ritual attire and dress in the skin of the sacrificial victim before performing a ritual dance that symbolized the rebirth of life. If it was a notably courageous warrior who had been sacrificed, then the corpse would be cut into portions and parts would be eaten by attending warriors and other bystanders, and the hands and feet were then worn as a trophy. So that is fucking brutal, dude. They're dressing... <laughs> So they fucking rip this guy's heart out, throw his corpse down the steps, and then put his fucking skin on? <laughs> Yikes. Dude, Ed Gein would have flourished in the fucking ancient uh, mind. Dude, I was just saying, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Ed Gein. They would have loved this shit, dude. Ed Gein uh, would be out there fucking dancing with the drum, dude. Yeah, they would, um, they would eat it up, literally. Yeah. No pun intended. So, truly born in the wrong time there, dude, for old Gein. Um, now, th this one is also fucking brutal. So this is arrow sacrifice. Now, sometimes uh, rituals involve the sacrifice being killed with a bow and arrow. Uh, similar to the preparation for heart sacrifice, victims were stripped and painted blue. The victim was bound to a stake uh, during which a ritual dance and blood was drawn from the genitals and smeared onto an image of the presiding deity. Oh my God. A white symbol was painted over the victim's heart, which served as a target for the archers. The dancers then passed in front of the sacrificial victim, shooting arrows uh, one after the other 
at the target until the entire chest was filled with arrows. It was important in this type of sacrifice that the victim die slowly. So the decapitation, arrow sacrifice, that's that's just fucking brutal ways of sacrifice, right? Extremely, I mean, for sure. Imagine like you're one of the guys. Okay, so I get that like, you know how they were saying sacrificial victims uh, could bypass Shabalba? Yeah. Yes. So I guess if you believe that, um, you kind of wanted to be sacrificed, right? Or do you think you'd be standing there being painted blue and be like, okay, this is like a ritual. We're not actually going to cut into me, right, guys? <laughs> like they're just yeah, there dude, on, I on mean, the altar. You're going to want, that's going to be a goal is you're going to want to be sacrificed because then you get to, you get to be in paradise and skip the hell or the Jabalba or whatever the hell you just get to, you get to want, like, just get to the destination that much faster. You go right to paradise. So you think you would be like, yo, paint me fucking blue. I'm join I'm in the blue man group. I mean, it's no different than like any religion that anyone believes. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like the uh, suicide bombers, that type of shit. Well, uh, pff, that that's that's a whole nother. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, no, no, actually, willingly you're, you're die, right. You know? You're right. Exactly. That you're that is 100 percent correct. It's it's the yeah. same. Got to get to those thing. virgins. I mean, dude, I think they're. <laughs> I can't even imagine being out there. Like, how would you feel if you're up there being painted blue? Getting your dick cut off and having <laughs> but, arrows shooting. But then you, you get to go to paradise for eternity and skip all the like shitty parts yeah now if you you, if you guys were being sacrificed which way would you like to go head decapitation yeah 100 percent. i don't yeah for sure dick cut off and have my blood smeared on a deity while people shoot arrows at my chest <laughs> until I die, <laughs> until your chest is filled with those arrows, are like a, different. That's a different. Just imagine, uh, execution method. Imagine the guy, the first guy, like being arrow sacrificed because it's like you die slow. So the archer like shoots maybe not at the chest, and the guy's just like ooh, like <laughs> like the next one. He's like, that's the same as X spot. That's the same exact spot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But dude, well, that yeah, would be you're a already slow in excruciating death. pain from having your genitals mutilated. Okay, guys, come on. Please shoot me in the face. Come on, hit the white. Uh, hit the white. Um now, so I was also looking up like some other ways of sacrifice. Those were the like most popular, but uh, I also saw so in the classic period, uh in the city of Palenque. A woman in her 20s was entombed alive to accompany a deceased nobleman as a funerary offering, which that's pretty fucking badass. You know, he's basically got his fucking probably his side piece coming with him. You know, he's like, when I die, she's being buried alive as an offering in my tomb. Right. Yeah, that that's pretty crazy. That's pretty brutal, too. That's pimp, dude. You imagine that? You just like that's in your will and testament. <laughs> yeah. Bury her with we're me. Gonna, we're That'd gonna be bury a her scary life. way to go. She's twenty years Buried old. Yeah, well, she's <laughs> yeah. going with him. Yeah. Uh now so this ne- this next one uh is pretty fuck this one gets pretty fucking brutal. Uh, actually, although not more brutal than the ones we just looked at, but um so they also had these things known as uh sacred cenotes and what a cenote is is basically like a sinkhole 
It's where the bedrock collapsed and there's basically like a natural well. It exposes like the groundwater. Uh, and a lot of cities were kind of centered around these because that's theorized that's where they got their water uh, to be able to like support the population in these big cities like Chichen Itza. Um, so at this sacred cenote in Chichen Itza, people were hurled into the cenote during times of drought, famine, or disease. Um, now, the sacred cenote is a naturally occurring sinkhole eroded from the limestone with steep walls around 160 feet wide, drops 66 feet to the water's surface, and then the water itself is another 66 feet, feet deep. Now, certain cenotes contain a large number of human remains, including both male and female, and young children and even infants. Uh, evidence from Maya mythology su suggests that many young victims, mostly aged 6 to 12, were male, but it was also common that female sacrifices were flung in alive to drown in a cenote. Uh, most sacrificial victims, uh, juveniles, were either purchased or captured while their parents were working in the fields. Uh, warriors captured in battle or elites captured during conflicts with neighboring clans. Um, where usually, but not always, were killed prior to being thrown in the cenotes. Um, now, I was looking more into like this type of um, sacrifice, and I stumbled across this thing known as the Midnight Terror Cave, uh, which is fucking insane. So this is a cave in central Belize that was discovered in 2006. And this cave contained around 9,000 human bones from at least 118 individuals. Uh, this is one of the largest sacrificial assemblages ever discovered in the Maya lowlands. And an analysis of the hundreds of teeth found at the site showed that around a quarter of them were less worn down than others, suggesting that they came from the mouths of children. Uh, the enamel of the teeth showed that these children had traveled to the site from more than 200 miles away. Um, now, 200 miles. That doesn't sound very far by today's standards, but this would have been considered a very vast distance in the 9th century, uh, especially if, the, if these kids were brought to this location specifically for human sacrifice. Uh, like one of the quotes from the article I was reading was saying that nobody in this cave was from Belize. So that means that you have a population of children that were brought from somewhere else for the purpose of sacrifice. Now, the reason this is interesting, as we said up top, many Mayan experts believe that there was no such thing as a Mayan empire. As we said, you know, it was just these individual city-states that uh, had their own rulers, uh, nobody would have like an overarching political authority to trade people across distances this this large. But with the discovery of this cave, that seems to poke some holes in that theory, uh, bring into play some unknown political authority and perhaps more shockingly, a human trafficking network specializing in children. So, you know, I mean, we still got that going on today. Am I right? So this is like a oh, yeah. Mayan Epstein Island type situation. <laughs> Dude, I was just about to say Epstein. We talk yeah. about Epstein a lot on here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like maybe not Epstein though, because they're not like molesting these kids. You know that? 
I mean, I don't think they were molesting them if they were sacrificing them. What do you think? They were diddling them before chucking them down these cenotes? Why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess at that point, it doesn't matter. I don't know if you'll, we'll ever know, though. Jesus how would Christ, we... you guys are... You I mean, maybe they did, here. though. Maybe they did. It was a different time. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I don't know. I just thought that was fucking insane. They're just rounding up kids from everywhere to go kill them. It's just crazy that they had this many kids from that far away and they're just kind of like sacrificing that many. That's fucking insane. Population control. Yeah. Also, Midnight Terror Cave. Super fucking metal, dude. This might be our most metal episode to date. Might be. Probably. Now, uh. Zabulba sounds like a metal band name. Just saying. That it is a metal band. Oh, you never heard okay. them? I'll probably no, put actually. them in as the breakdown, dude. Great band. I think they're from San Diego. Or they're from uh up north a little ways. But oh, uh hell yeah. Yeah. Now okay, so this is like obviously this pokes holes in this whole like um Mayan Empire thing. Now also I was looking into I guess like LIDAR. You guys know what that is? Yeah, where they like read things through like lasers. Yeah, yeah, it's like light detection and ranging. Um, freaking so I, lasers. Yeah, freaking lasers. So they've been using this <laughs> lidar to kind of like look at the jungles in the Mayan Empire, and um, they've found over sixty thousand structures belonging to the Mayans discovered in September of twenty eighteen alone. Um, they've also found a series of interconnected roads and highways that have been discovered. And this is changing how anthropologists understand the Maya as a whole. Uh, because, again, as we said, like a lot of these early guys didn't think there was such a thing as a Mayan empire. And it's like we were talking about, like, because I don't know if you guys get this vibe as well. But in a lot of those like history channel type shows when they when they say like they say oh these mayan cities were far more advanced than anything than even some cities of today or anyone in ancient times and then you see it and it's just like one pyramid in the forest and it's like okay that doesn't look too crazy but i guess with this lidar they're finding more and more like all these more interconnected i guess like towns so it's like today you know if if like think about if we got wiped out and some and like our cities and shit soon. yeah and our cities and shit got overgrown and you saw like the ruins of New York City that would be like these big Mayan pyramid cities but then there's all these fucking towns and shit that they're just now discovering like rural areas that don't have as much like, not even rural more like and stuff. yeah like smaller towns or or smaller cities you know that were like possibly subsets of these larger cities um which is fucking insane to think about you know well i actually did a Oh, sorry, Rob. No, I was, I was just going to say, like, you know, the Romans had, had that stuff just because they were, like, living in the forest. It's like, you know, there are periods of human civilization that, like, understood that. It might be kind of like an innate thing. But, yeah, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, and, and also aren't the Rome like, the Roman stuff is more well-preserved. I mean, I guess the Mayan shit is preserved, but it's like covered with dense forest. Yeah. And, you know, but they were doing the same thing that the Romans were like. They were just as sophisticated and like technologically advanced. 
Yeah, if like not more so. Yeah, same as right. like the because I think they came up as like the same time. Like this shit was going on same time as like the Egyptians. Yeah, and it's and like the, the Romans like lived in the same time period, and the Egyptians were doing some crazy shit. Yeah, um, so it's like yeah, you have these societies that were as we said, just as advanced, if not more so. Although the, it is weird that they found all these interconnected roads and highways because the Mayans didn't use the wheel. Hmm. But, I mean, I guess you still want a nice road to walk on, right? Or ride your yeah, horse. Yeah, that's true. Or fly your space shuttle mm. for the extraterrestrials that were helping them build some of these things. Or for um, the snake god to travel on, you know? Yeah, the serpent yeah. god, because he got too big for the house, you know? Had to too build big for the cave, even. <laughs> um, now, human sacrifice was practiced right up until the Spanish conquest of the Yucatan, and uh, even well after the decline of the cities, as we saw. Um, now, speaking of, remember I was talking about the ball court? Um, so let's get into this game, because the Mayans are also credited with some of the earliest uses of rubber as they were producing rubber products nearly 3,000 years before Charles Goodyear received his patent in 1843. Probably stole it. Yep, this is another thing probably yeah. stolen from the fucking Mayans, sure. dude. Goodyear tires, more like Mayan tires. <laughs> Can I just say one thing about the LiDAR real quick? Yeah. I was just I hadn't heard of it until we started researching for this, and uh, I looked it up, and I guess so when the rainforest or whatever takes like grows over top of ex the existing ruins uh it changes like the chemical compounds in like the trees and stuff so they were saying that when they scan it with that that's how all all this new information shows up because they can tell okay like this is a natural rainforest and then right here is like where it starts to like differentiate because the trees are growing on top of like stone buildings and roadways and stuff. And it's not just like natural straight from the ground, if that makes sense, No, yeah. which I didn't even know. So I thought that was like, well, that's very scientific. Uh, yeah. I, th I thought that was pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, Cause like, cool, I didn't even think I just thought like, Oh, you know, the tree just takes it over and it's like the same shit as growing from the ground, which obviously, if it's coming out of Cement. some limestone or something, it's going to be a little different. So okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Um, Let's okay, get back so, to balling. Yeah. So the Mayans are balling with the rubber. Uh, as we said, it's, it's Maya tires, not Goodyear tires. Uh, we <laughs> need to fucking petition to have that changed. There's another thing. The white man has stolen from the indigenous people. Um, now they use the rubber to develop the infamous game of Pokotok. Uh, this was the most popular game among the Maya and was far more than just a game. This was a lifestyle. Uh, so the game is said to have symbolized the human struggle and reflected the way the Maya viewed existence. Now, a gameplay, two opposing teams of seven men each would face each other on the ball court and try to score a small rubber bowl through a vertical hoop affixed to a wall as high as 20 feet in the air, sometimes even higher. Uh, now, there is a picture of two different ball courts there. Now, they were simultaneously defending their own goal, and players had to do all of this without the use of their hands or feet. They could only use hips, shoulders, head, and knees. 
into a 20-foot hoop? Yeah. Now, it is said that uh, watching the Maya play Pokotok was like watching lightning strikes. They moved extremely efficiently and quickly. And there is some debate here, uh, but it has long been believed that the losing team or the captain of the losing team would be killed at the end of a match. Um, however, more recent advances in translating Mayan hieroglyphs together with archaeological evidence suggest that it may have been the winning team or the winning captain who was given the honor of a quick death and instant passage to paradise. So ball was truly life in the Maya society. <laughs> you know, these were extreme ballers, dude. Um there's debate with like who was sacrificed losing or winning team because there is evidence of uh, like dynasty teams, you know, like the 96 bulls. Um, and you know, how could this be the case if the best players were sacrificed? And honestly, I think that's like a good rule of thumb to really like shake things up in the off season, you know, <laughs> like we should do that now. Imagine if it, Brady wins the Super Bowl. We well, he's dead. He's dead. He's going to paradise. Yep. We're cutting his fucking head off. Then you don't have these dynasty teams that are. You don't see the Patriots every year in the Super Bowl. You know that these Mayans really understood sports. They did. They were also intense with everything that they uh, they seemed to do. Dude, imagine that. LeBron wins a ring. We fucking cut his head off. But also, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about like shit. I'd be like. I'd want to be the winning captain because I would just get killed quick and then go to like paradise forever because that's what I believe. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, I was does, like, you know? it, it does make more sense that they would sacrifice the winning captain, right? I guess because it's kind of like a good thing to do that. You know, it's like you're in paradise for eternity and like you don't have to deal with like the, the, the grueling Jabalba, like, fuck, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, you don't have to deal with those two-a-days anymore. Yeah, it's like you, know? you go straight there. It's like a one-way, you know, uh, like it's like fast pass at like uh, Disney World, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I mean, any more, uh, any other thoughts on this fucking ball game, dude? Great team win. You're dead now. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I think that, um, I mean, this kind of is like basketball, no? I, I feel like this is like where basketball is kind of like derived from, right? A rubber yeah. ball. They got this hoop on the fucking side. It looks like the hoop is turned, though. Yes. Yes, it is a vertical hoop, so it's uh, you know, you're you're scoring, I guess. Um, how how are you hitting a ball? It's like twenty feet in the air with your head. That's Dude, insane. I, I mean, yeah, these guys are fucking ballers, dog. This is like Harry Potter Quidditch, but Potter gets his head cut off in the end. Hardcore. No hands. You find the golden stitch. You get your head cut off. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into some of the pyramids. Uh, now, honestly, I was looking stuff up on this because <laughs> we're big pyramid guys here. You know, pyramids are mysterious. People say that aliens built them and shit like that. Um, now, I was looking up the so the great pyramids, uh, which characterize so many Mayan sites, are replicas of the great mountain of the gods known as Witsomb. Witsomb. Uh, now, the classic Maya built many of their temples and palaces in a stepped pyramid shape, uh, decorating them with elaborate sculptures and inscriptions. Uh, and these structures have earned the Maya their reputation as the great artists of Mesoamerica. Now, while the Egyptians are often seen as the quintessential pyramid builders, 
Uh, I was reading that the Mayans had something like 10 times more pyramids constructed within their empire. Uh, so that's pretty fucking badass. Now, typically, as with the Egyptians, the Maya used the pyramids as burial mounds dedicated to great rulers. However, the Maya also used them in sacrificial rituals and other ceremonies. Um, the largest pyramid in Mesoamerica uh, from, I guess, like Mayan culture is the Pyramid of the Sun in Teotihuacan. Uh, built in 200 AD, it is 233 and a half feet high with a base perimeter of 2,607 feet. Now, there is a picture of the massive structure there, um, which, like, that's fucking crazy, right? 200 AD, they're building this shit. Now, Chichen Itza. You gotta uh, really have some power behind your throw to throw a body down that s- those steps. Well, I think that one was a tomb. I think, uh, okay. I don't know if they were using that one for sacrifice. Although maybe like parts of it were used for sacrifice. Maybe they just throw it down the side instead of down the stairs. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or maybe they had like a slide, you know? like a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just a shoe. Like uh, bodies yeah, like go down the shoes. Slide yeah. this guy down. Um, they're like H.H. Holmes, you know, mm-hmm. with greased shoots in their fucking pyramids. Uh, now, Chichen Itza is probably the most famous, one of the most famous archaeological sites in the world. That is this stepped one here. You guys, you guys trying to hit that up? You guys have seen this, right? Yeah. I've seen a picture of it. Yeah. Now, like many of the pyramids in Mesoamerica, it's an architectural marvel uh, as it is. Its position was determined by the sun and the moon, and each building has its own symbolic meaning. This is one of the best preserved Mayan cities and one of Mexico's top visited attractions. Uh, the Mayan incorporated their knowledge of astronomy into their temples and other religious structures. And the pyramid at Chichen Itza is situated according to the sun's location during the spring and fall equinoxes. At sunset on these two days, the pyramid casts a shadow on itself that aligns with the carving of the head of the feathered serpent god. And the shadow forms the serpent's body. And as the sun sets, the serpent appears to slither down into the earth. That's fucking badass. Now, the temple of Kukulkan in Chichen Itza has four stairways with 91 steps each. And when you add the one step at the temple entrance, the stairs total 365, the same number of days in the Mayan year. That's badass. Yeah. Now, the city of Uxmal uh, is associated with mystery and legend. So I was just trying to kind of pull like interesting stuff on the pyramids. So check this pyramid out. Um, Now, this is so one story suggests that the city's first king was bested by a magical dwarf named Itzama, Itzamana, uh, who won the position as Uxmal's king by constructing the tallest monument in the city in one night. The ceremonial, the ceremonial pyramid is known as the Pyramid of the Magician or the Pyramid of the Soothsayer. And the pyramid stands out from other Mayan structures because it, is un, it has unusual rounded sides, 115 feet high and sheer surfaces. Uh, now, there is a picture of that pyramid there, which I will also post some of these on the Instagram. Now, I was also looking up, uh, I found on Wikipedia, if you see this like pyramid chart, 
So this has like all the pyramids of the world. And if you could see the pyramid of the sun or, or the uh, like, think about the great Giza pyramid, you know, that's this one right here. And this green is the pyramid of Cholula. Uh, now, this is the largest pyramid and largest man-made monument on Earth. Now, see how wide the base is compared to all these other structures? Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah. Now, it is believed to have been built by the Olmecs, or at least uh, construction started by them. Um, there are no written accounts of the construction of the pyramid. Experts estimate that it was built starting from the 3rd century B.C., it has a total volume of 4.45 million cubic meters, and it is nearly twice as large as the Great Pyramid of Giza. The pyramid is so large that the post-classic Aztecs believe that it was erected by a giant called Zelhua. Uh, so again, with the giant stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, giant pyramid. Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was looking up this one. It's fucking kind of crazy. And I was trying to find, I guess, like weird shit with it. And uh, Cholula was once known, I guess, like the city around where this pyramid is built was once known as Akololan, which translates roughly to place of flight or water that falls in the place of flight. Um, <clears throat> now, I was looking into this and I guess like archaeologists think that it got this name because whoever like settled there. Um, not flight as in like aerial flight, but they like fled wherever they were and settled here. So this became like place of flight. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they traveled from somewhere else to there for like refuge yeah. or something. Um, but still kind of fucking crazy. Like look up pictures of some of these pyramids. They're pretty fucking wild. Um, the largest man-made structure on earth. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty yeah. damn impressive. Yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy. I think like some of the names that the locals have for it translate to uh, man-made mountain or like artificial mountain. So pretty fucking wild. Um, now, let's get into, I guess, the whole 2012 phenomenon, the calendar, uh, because, you know, this is uh, like when you think of Mayans, this goes hand in hand. You know, I mean, do you guys remember this? Everybody thought the fucking world was going to end and shit. This is like the Y2K shit. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Everyone was like freaking out. Like, oh, what if the Mayans were right? And then when it didn't happen, they were like, oh, it's because the Mayan calendar was off by a couple of days. Yeah. I, well, uh, okay. So I was looking up a bunch of stuff because I was wondering. Do you think that actually was, was that a popular thing that people believed? Or is that just because we're into like conspiracies and paranormal and that type of shit that like we just, you know, looked shit up like that? I think it was popularized by the media, but yeah, I think in, in 2012, I think that it was a pretty popular thing. I definitely remember seeing it in like multiple places, but I do remember like a lot of, uh, those old conspiracy videos on YouTube and shit. And like, uh, what was that big conspiracy movie? It was called like zeitgeist or something. Yeah. Like they were talking, they were like 2012, the world's going to end, but then it didn't end. And they made like a next film that was like, well, that actually wasn't the world ending. That was just the dawn of a new age, a new world order. So it's just like people like that subscribe to the theory, just move the goalpost when it doesn't happen, you know? 
right? And it's like they rationalize it. Oh, yeah, we didn't mean this. We meant that. But it's like, yeah. did you really mean that? Probably not. Um, yeah, so I was, I guess, looking into this and, like, why this became a big phenomenon. And obviously, you know, hindsight is fucking 2020, right? Um, so I guess um, when we talk about, like, the Mayans and their calendar making, um, <clears throat> they were guided by religious ritual. And they made a bunch of different advances in mathematics and astronomy, including the use of zero and the development of complex calendar systems like the calendar round based on 365 days and the long count calendar designed to last over 5,000 years. Um, Now, basically, and I don't know if you guys kind of understand this, uh, this I don't really know how calendars work. This is kind of confusing <laughs> to me, but uh, I guess with the Mayans, there is two calendars that work simultaneously. The Hob or the civil calendar, which is 365 days in an 18 month period of 20 days each. And then there's the Salkin, uh, which is the sacred calendar of 260 days divided into three groups with months of 20 days. Now, the Hob and the Tzalkin uh, work together like gears of an inter- interlocking in a machine to create what is known as the calendar round. That's the classic like circular calendar that you see, um, but cannot account for dates farther in the future than 52 days. Now, for longer calculations, the Maya devised what is known as the long count calendar. And this is where the whole like end of the world 21st of December 2012 comes into play because the long count calendar begins on the 11th of August 3114 BC. And this goes into the next cycle known as Baktun on the 21st of December 2012 AD or CE. Um, But after this, there would just be a new Baktun or a new calendar. You know, this would be like some like if our society collapsed and some future race found like an old desktop calendar from our civilization and thinking that since the calendar stops on December 31st, the world just ends, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like it's not, it's not like the fucking, there's nothing in their writings or anything that, that suggests that the world ends. There's just the calendar. Yeah. It's just, Hey, the calendar's over guys. Found an old floppy disk. And again, I'm, on the it's sensationalism. Yeah, and, <laughs> it was like the the inception of like sensationalism, like the media. You know? Yeah, sensationalism. And it's like it's like we said, you know, people branding like this is a culture that, like we said, I mean, I didn't learn much about this in school. Like I feel like a lot of people don't really know a lot of these things. So you can kind of twist this, especially in the age before the internet or in the early internet, as like this is a mysterious culture. The Mayans disappeared. And like, if nobody looks into it, they're going to be like, holy fuck, I guess the world's ending, but it's all of reality. It's just the fucking calendars over. Um, they're like, we're not going to last 5,000 years. We can end it right here. Well, no. So this is what, this is also interesting because as we said, nothing in the Maya suggests any kind of cataclysmic event that accompanies the new year or the new, uh, transition. But uh, Boston University archaeologist William Saturno and his student Maxwell Chamberlain excavated the Mayan site of 
Uxultun in Guatemala in 2012, and they discovered a six-by-six-foot room dating to 800 AD, which seemed to have been a calendar workshop for the Mayan. Um, now, the paintings and inscriptions on the walls of the room show the Mayan calendar extending well beyond the year 2012, and that future Bakhtuns or calendars were understood to be already underway in their great cyclic dance of time. Now, according to David Stewart, who is an expert on Mayan hieroglyphs at the University of Texas at Austin, he says Bakhtun 14 was going to be coming, then Bakhtun 15, 16, and so on. The Mayan calendar would keep going and going for billions, even trillions of years into the future. Um, he also says that the, the months and years of the Mayan calendar were governed over by uh, each had like a specific God and all these gods were eternal. Uh, they assured the continuance of energy of their particular month. As all of life was considered one eternal cycle, this Western concept of like end of the world, which is popular in the Christian Bible, this would have been like completely foreign to any Mayan scribe, you know? It's like we said, their religion uh, was like nothing was ever born, nothing ever died. It's all cyclical. They had no idea of like uh, the book of Revelations, like the world's going to end, Judgment Day. They don't have that sort of thing. But that's, I guess, like ingrained in us because of the whole fucking Christian bullshit. Yeah, I mean, their their world just <laughs> continued on and on and on and on and on. And it's like we just assumed, oh, yeah, because their calendar ended in this one particular like phase of the calendar that's just going to continue for trillions of years. Yeah. It's also kind of crazy that that became like as popular as it did when you could literally just look up what these archeologists and shit are saying. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's not going to end. Yeah. It, it, no one was listening to them. They were just like, Oh yeah, you know, world's going to end. Oh, let's throw parties and shit. Yeah. It, it was an excuse to, like, party, pretty much, if you think about it. 2012, not the end of the world, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> now, I guess to, like, round this one out, let's get into some of the, I guess, you know, Mayan conspiracies, which I think we've already kind of uh, poked holes in a lot of them. Because did you guys watch any of the Ancient Aliens episodes? I have yeah. watched one of them. Yeah, like... um. There's two specific Ancient Alien episodes focusing on the Mayans. Season 4, Episode 1, and Season 14, Episode 6, if you listeners want to go check those out. Um, but I'm watching those, and it's like, I don't know. They're, I used to love that shit as a kid because it's interesting to, I guess, think about viewing like history through that lens. But it's so insane. Like When I was re-watching these after doing all this Mayan research, it's like... The, the episode starts out and like one of the biggest things is the uh, it's in Palenque, uh, which is like they found this guy's sarcophagus tomb. Um, have you seen this? It's like the tomb of Pakal. And it, they say that it's like him in a spaceship. Contacting the aliens. <laughs> yeah, like because it's like a circular a, object. They're like, oh yeah, it's probably yeah. Like a if you look down, like look down here, and Sukulos, the guy with the crazy hair, he's on there. Like this is clearly some sort of exhaust or fire coming from the bottom. But it's just like three lines. Like what? What? 
makes him think that that's fire? That's so weird. Like, yeah. Like, what logic draws you to that? I don't know. You got to be real down deep in the rabbit hole for this one. I mean, it's if you if you just use your judgment that these guys were like insane astronomers, you could just say, oh, this guy has like some fucking crazy telescope thing. And this is what they're depicting here. No. Telescope. Yeah. I don't think that's okay. So what I'm thinking. Have you ever seen one of those telescopes that are kind of like that? Yeah. Like the um, Hubble, right? Isn't that a thing? Sure. Hubble telescope, but you still can't see me. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's just so insane that they just like relate everything to like rockets or space. Like here's a picture from the episode. Like this guy built a model and it's like, he just made, he just put him in that position in a fucking golden spaceship. And it's like, you know, they have these headdresses and shit and they're like, this is clearly a pressurized space helmet. That's so weird. It looks like a <laughs> box. Like, like he's in like some elaborate box. Like, <laughs> like he's in well, no, but I'm saying like, if you're like, okay, these guys are astronomers. Doesn't like one in one tell you, Oh, maybe this is a telescope. Not, Oh, he's contacting the aliens in his spaceship. Yeah. I mean, I guess like also with the astronomy shit, like, yeah, of course they were great astronomers. That's all they fucking had to look at. And imagine what the night sky looked like to them. They could clearly fucking track stars and, and do like basic astronomy. And they had like observatories and that type of shit. Doesn't necessarily mean they were fucking contacting aliens. Or were they? <laughs> yeah, that, but that's yeah. like how the episodes are. Um like the model this guy built is fucking insane, but it does look kind of cool. But it's like, okay, so that you think that this guy went up to space in a fucking stone spaceship? Then why the fuck would they even give him a sarcophagus? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, just like, okay, oh yeah, this is a, a square object. Like they also. With some lines underneath it. Like, oh yeah, it's a spaceship. How? Yeah, but I don't know. It's just like. Of course, if you look at anything in that, con- you can just look at anything in that context. Like they'd say anything where somebody is sitting is that they're clearly in a cockpit. Like there's there's statues um, from like Olmecs that they look at and other Mayan statues where the Lord or whatever God or serpent God is like sitting. And they're like, he's clearly sitting in a rocket ship. <laughs> it's just like so oh yeah clearly like, <laughs> like we know that for a fact um the other he's wearing one, a space helmet yeah it's like yeah they have a fucking indian headdress on and they go this is clearly some tort, sort of astronaut helmet like they have this uh little i took a picture here of this little olmec statue that they found it's like this little olmec carving and suklo says this guy is clearly in a pressurized spacesuit with some sorts of tubes and a breathing apparatus and a space helmet like the modern day astronauts. <laughs> just so yeah, nothing in their civilization was that advanced, but they had spacesuits with breathing apparatuses. <laughs> yeah, they could go to space. Okay. And I don't even mean to like shit all over ancient aliens. I fucking love watching that shit, but... It is funny just to like, like, yes, you could say that like some of their legends or whatever are weird, 
and they always have but they always talk about like they got some type of knowledge from these gods and um and the gods are going to return and bring them to space <laughs> it's like there's just no there's no basis for the whole fucking like pressurized like what about this carving tells Sukulos that this was a pressurized spacesuit it's just a fucking stone carving of a guy in some like ritual garb exactly they're drawing conclusions to believe what they want to believe essentially so are were these guys it's like they they were painting them blue because these were spacesuits and they were going to send them into space. They were painting What's them the blue evidence like the for that? How they saw <laughs> <laughs> they were painting yeah. them blue to mimic the aliens. And yeah, this this is also like where they talk about the Olmec heads, and they're like, "This is clearly somebody from Africa," or the uh, or these are clearly Asian masks. Which <laughs> just like like we talked about, like yeah, hey Suklos, why don't you try? carving a face mask out of jade with no metal tools and let me know how accurate that looks yeah good luck i mean what are we what are we thinking here do we think that possibly these ancient aliens really did come down from the heavens and, and teach these mayan their um their ways i'm gonna say no okay i think they're just a very advanced civilization that knew how to uh, basically create their own language, create their own hieroglyphs, very advanced in their uh, carving abilities, obviously. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not thinking this guy's in a spaceship. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to agree with Rob on that one. I don't, I don't know where the evidence. I was gonna say, if anything, he's just in like some crazy, the middle of some crazy fucking ritual. Well, I think a lot of the like, um, <clears throat> we'll say like arche- like legitimate mainstream, I guess, mainstream archaeologists uh, believe that it's him descending to the underworld, mm. or I, which makes sense if we talk about like the tree of life, you know. He you didn't can get see to it skip. As that. Well, I don't think he got to skip. You know, maybe he, he wasn't a baller. He, was, he probably died of old age. Had his bitch buried with him. Alive. Yep, buried <laughs> alive with him. And then he's fucking fighting through Shabalba to get to paradise. Um, Quite possibly. With his breathing apparatus. <clears throat> and it's, it's so funny. Like they're talking, they're always talking about he has some sort of breathing tube. Like if they have anything around their mouths. Um, but I mean, there you have it, guys. That's That's what we got on the Mayans now. To round this one out, and we can get into a, a bigger discussion if you guys want here, but... You know, you look at the Mayans, um, this sort of like advanced, I guess, or seemingly advanced, because it's, it's also like, were they even really that advanced for their time? Like, yeah, they were doing some fucking awesome, cool shit, just like the Egyptians, just like the Romans. But they also like they they knew about stars and shit, but they also thought the world was flat and that each four corner was like protected by some uh, star god or some shit like that. Um. And then and you look at the Mayans and this like advanced ancient civilization, um, they were basically able to like use their resources around them, beef up their numbers to such a degree that it led to their own downfall. You know, like we said, they, they overused the land. They had overpopulation. Um, they had large scale warfare. 
Um, this all led to their downfall. And basically, this is like a smaller scale of the problems we're still facing today. You know, look at society today. We're advanced. We're using resources at an alarming rate. Things are seemingly going down the shitter. You know, what's what's going to be the straw that kills the camel here? And will our what will our society look like once it's dwindled down? Hopefully no fucking cave of dead kids. Who will Accurate. be the conquistadors that come give us diseases? The aliens. Well, also, if they find Epstein's Island, that's probably, they're going to be like, this is some fucking sacrifice shit, you know? How many dead kids do you think are on Epstein's Island? I don't want to know. 80,000. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what what do we got for Mayans? What do you guys think about, what do you think about the downfall of our society? Do you think we'll be wiped out like the Mayans? I was, re- I was reading this really interesting book called uh, Collapse by Jared Diamond. And it's all about like society, like he talks about the Mayans in the book, which is where I was reading a lot of those theories. And he like he talks about he uses those societies and kind of like imposes them onto, like we said, our problems today. We got deforestation. uh, We got soil erosion. We got water management problems over hunting, over fishing, um, introducing like non-native species overpopulation like what what affects a uh, climate change you know what effects do we think this is going to have on modern society I, I think every i mean if you look at every human civilization that's ever existed it's eventually collapsed whether it be economically from the inside um it, it just something some of them just implode and i think like Unfortunately, and with technology and like the progression of time and like the advancement of technology and AI and things of that nature, when you bring all those other, you know, uh, outliers into consideration, it makes it kind of scary when you look at the history of how every civilization, you know, and for the Mayans, they were very, very advanced for their time. I mean, I would say, well, maybe on par with the Egyptians and the Romans, but they were still on par of the the quintessential, like, you know, pinnacle of technology, and they collapsed. But now we have all these other factors. And so when you take that into account, it's like, we really got to be on our shit to make sure that, you know, we, we don't get sucked into that. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is, it is, uh... I guess kind of scary to think about because it's like you see all this fucking shit in the fucking, you know, mainstream media. And maybe this is all fake fucking psyop uh, government bullshit. But it's like you see all the shit about scientists publishing like the climate change and oh, there's all these climate summits. But it's like we have the technology to kind of save ourselves, but it, it doesn't seem like that's the path we're, we're moving towards. Yeah. Well, it's because it doesn't make people money. You know, and people are going to do what they need to do to make money. And if that's destroying the environment and, you know, do what they need to do, they're going to do it. So. So be it. Show me the money. Got to keep pumping chemicals into people. Keep using up all the gas. You see, this is why I'm all on board for the AI, dude. I want to be like connected. I want to be uh, like half robot myself. Connected. Um, but dude, yeah, what if, if it AI, grows a mind of its own and does some matrix shit and turns on us? That's fine, dude. I'll, you know, I will be, 
I will be an agent for the AI. I will be like <laughs> Arnold. I will hunt down John Connor in the future. Uh, I'm going on record right now. If any AI like scrubs the internet and finds this podcast, I'm with you, robots. Sign me up. Uh, you know, plug me in. Plug you're me up. The, plug on, me in. You're on the robot side. I'm on the robot side, dude. Interesting. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I am on the robot side. Um, but yeah. And also, all right. I think it would be interesting to do an episode on like population. Uh, because we talk a lot about like, oh, like hasn't overpopulation been a thing since we were in like high school? Like I remember yes. people saying, oh, there's a uh, 6 billion people, 7 billion people by the, by 20, 20, uh, 100, the earth's going to be totally populated and we won't be able to support it. But I, I think that's bullshit. Well, apparently Elon Musk is saying that the population, like, uh, re, you know, like, um, repopulation is like dwindling and like, it's a problem. Yeah. I, I was all, I was reading this book on like, uh, geopolitics called the next hundred years, uh, which this guy wrote in 2009 and he's pretty spot on. He predicted like the conflict with Russia that we're in today. And he's, he's basically saying that, um, so you know how like we talk about like immigration is a big problem, like close the borders. We can't let people in. He's saying that basically um, in the next couple hundred years, that's it's going to be the exact opposite. Countries are going to be like paying people to come because they need workers. Yeah. And like population is dwindling at such a rate now that in the next, I, I guess, however many years, I'm just throwing out hundred as an, I don't remember the exact number he said, but we're going to need to be like coaxing people to come to the con like different countries are going to be like you got to come here you know that's already happening bro there yeah, i saw trump that- saying they're, they're putting <laughs> people in cages and shit no but i'm saying like i saw this ad the other day for this city in italy that gives you a house you give italy a hundred dollars and they give you a house and a job oh, it's your house italy so yeah i think Columbus. it's in sicily i'm pretty sure Columbus's uh home because they country yeah they're so low on population there they can't even hire enough of their own people so they're literally like hey just throw down a hundred bucks come here we'll pay you we'll give you a job yeah that's right see that would make for an interesting episode right because then I I was like this can't be right and I was looking up like census stuff and like population is starting to like I guess plateau and I guess it'll eventually go down. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, though. Yeah, and I mean, look at COVID. That wiped out uh, how many people? Or you know, the government burning down all the food processing plants. Yeah, but I mean, people aren't like starving yet. I mean, people, you know, in yeah. other parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's that. Okay, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I mean, like you know, in first world countries, it's not like food shortage is like not it's not become a national problem yet yet though is the key word okay all right but it also so again I think we're on the verge of it right but that's now. another weird like conspiracy thing like i see on uh tiktok or, or whatever like You're people talk no no i'm not on i see it on like reels or whatever, okay. whatever the instagram equivalent is and people are like another food processing plant burned down and you look it up and it's like a lays potato chip factory like oh, oh oh my god what are we what gonna are we gonna do, do without our without Lay's potato chips <laughs> that's probably a good well thing. dude I looked up a list of it since 2020 and it's like 
almost a hundred different places across the U.S. All right, well, save that for the population episode. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into a nice little uh, population episode. We'll maybe discuss like Soylent Green, that type of shit. Yeah, that'd be okay. cool. Uh, because back in because Soylent Green was supposed to take place this year. It was saying the, the earth's not be, over, baby. It was, <laughs> it was saying the earth would be so densely populated that we'd be eating people. Spoiler alert. Still got a couple months left. Okay, well, um, there you have it, guys. The Mayans. Um, check it out. Do your own research. Let us know what you think. Uh, if we missed anything, I mean, we missed a bunch because there's just so much shit to talk about. But, uh, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. If you like the episode, let us know. If you got any ideas for us to cover in the future, um, let us know. For this one, I want to cite history.com, Ancient America's Maya, um, worldhistory.org for the Mayan civilization, uh, reference.com, what happened to the Mayans, and washingtonpost.com for the article on the Midnight Terror Cave by Peter Holly. Uh, and then I will also go ahead and cite the book Collapse by Jared Diamond. And there was also, this was made into a documentary, which I was watching, which is pretty interesting. And like I said, you know, Ancient Aliens episodes. And there's a couple good documentaries on like National Geographic about the Mayans. So uh, check them out. Uh, let me know what you guys think. And on that. As always, guys, feel free to hit us up on the Instagram podcast from outer space. If there's any uh, episodes you'd like us to cover coming up or maybe you just want to let us know how this one went, feel free to get in contact with us. Uh, check the link in the bio for our new merchandise store that we just launched last month. We got a lot of uh, cool designs up there for you guys to grab. We got sunglasses, accessories, hoodies, t-shirts. So get out there and rep that uh, podcast gear. Yeah, if you've seen the new film Nope by uh, Jordan Peele, you're going to want to grab a pair of our sunglasses for just five bucks. That's right, sunglasses, just five bucks on our website. Um, and on that, stay safe out there, guys. Peace out, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>